It's the Chance of Gaming Podcast, episode 49, live from our, or recorded anyway, from our quarantine bunkers. Uh, I'm Adam, and with me always is Richard and Roy. Hey, good evening, everyone. This is Rich coming from the super secret underground bunker. I'm 10 miles below the surface. Hey, this is Roy, and boy, I gotta say, Bill Withers is a great musician. That was a great intro, Adam. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm, you yeah. Know, I was thinking about the guy, um, kind of working, you know, with this other project I've been working on, and I was sad to see the guy died. And yeah, so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So hey, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Rickroll, just because why the hell not? Why not? How long's that been around? Fifteen so, years, maybe. Uh, Two thousand six. Yeah, so, so it it began where every horrible thing on the internet begins on 4chan. <laughs> so there was there was a, some and I'm I'm reading this off of Wikipedia. There was a uh, uh, a moderator that did a a switch. So every time the word egg came in, it would replace it with duck. So we had when somebody would put egg roll, it would come up as a duck roll. And then there was another uh, user that just made a duck on wheels and so that was the duck roll so that was the image that they would pass around 4chan as a uh, as a prank well then it happened to what is it when uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 was about to be released there was somebody who was posting um, you know secret uh, uh, teaser trailer for Grand Theft Auto 4 and he posted the link there and it would link to Rick Astley so it came from one dude on 4chan, um, who's probably now his, you know, it's probably Jared Kushner that did that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, so the Rick Roll came out of 4chan, along with every other horrible thing on the internet. I know. It how like- many? I wonder how many views that video has now. It's got to be <laughs> just a billion. Yeah. Which and Rick Astley has he's totally embraced it. Yeah, like, it, it, <laughs> it was out for a while. What else is he doing? Be, before <laughs> yeah. um, it got you know he got told about it, and then yeah, <laughs> he had only received I think a, a, in 2010 like twelve dollars in royalties from YouTube, although the <laughs> the song had been played 39 million times. He didn't compose the song, so he only re, uh, received the performer's share. Of the sound recording copyright. Mm. So, wow. so and well, and there is kind of a, a Bill Withers, Rick Astley um, uh, connection here because Rick Astley did a cover of "Ain't No Sunshine When You're When You're Gone." So if you you can search for that, and then I swear, hand to God, it's not a Rick roll. Um, but <laughs> no he did a. Now, this reminds me. Have you ever been to the potato salad subreddit? No. Yes, it it's a John Cena subreddit. Okay. It's for whatever reason, I, there's some history behind it or or whatever. And but yeah, it was. If you go to our potato salad, all one word, it's nothing but posts about John Cena, the wrestler. Oh, of course. So. Well, there was that uh, comedian. I don't remember what the hell his name was. That they call me Tater Salad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ron White. He was. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So anyway, the Rick roll, everybody. So uh, you brewed some uh, jalapeno pilsner. Yes, I did. So let's see. I um, 
this is a logger, or it needs to be loggered. So loggering, I'm I'm learning my beer terminology. Loggering is when you age it uh, very cold. So like I I fermented it for ten days, and then I moved it to another um, container and put it in my refrigerator. And so I'm going to drop down the. It's a dedicated refrigerator. There's really there's nothing not much else in it. So I'm going to keep dropping the temperature every few days until it gets to about 35 degrees and leave it there for three weeks. And it'll clarify and everything. Um, but I, I took a, a sample taste of what I have now, and it's 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 ambrosial, I think. <laughs> okay. Wow. So it's, it's, um, it's an American Pilsner, and then I had, in the last 15 minutes of the boil, I put eight jalapenos in it and boiled that up with it. Um, and then uh, discarded those, and, and then I have the beer. And so it has, it has a little bit of a bite to it. It's a little hot on the back end, and it has a, a very good flavor. So I'm 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 looking forward to it. Hmm. And I and I named it Fever Pitch Number Nineteen. I I wish I could uh, do whiskey here, like uh, do that, but it's like you know super duper illegal here in the state of Mississippi to mm. make make your mm -hmm. own whiskey. So, <laughs> the, uh, so what's what's going to happen first? Are you going to drink that beer, or are you going to be out of quarantine? I, you know, I, I think it's, it's supposed to stay in there for three weeks, so I'll probably be out of quarantine by then, but I think it'll be ready by the time uh, Cinco de Mayo rolls around. There's your celebration so. beer, then. You betcha. Yep. Um, yeah, there ain't no telling how long we're going to be in here, but you know, <laughs> might be a long time, fellas. Might be a long time. So, yeah, which has me just, I, yeah, every crazy, every crazy idea I have ever mentioned on this show, I swear to you, I'm working on. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking, like, working on from, like, 7.30 in the morning to, like, 11 o'clock at night. I am, I am shooting, I'm editing, I'm, you know, doing all this kind of stuff, so. So do you guys have like a, a goal for quarantine? Because it seems like a lot of people, it's it's almost like a New Year's resolution. It's like, mm -hmm. well, I'm going to be home. I'm going to be working from home. Some people, unfortunately, are, are laid off and not working at all. But it seems like a lot of people have some sort of goal that they want to get accomplished while they have all this unexpected downtime. I know for me, I mean, it's nothing specific, but I just look at a lot of, a lot of my unplayed games. I'm like, oh, this one's definitely got to get mm -hmm. to the table sometime in the next month. So that's that's my wife's goal. Every time we play a different game, she writes it down. Yeah. Um, I want to get all of my Star Wars Legion stuff painted. Everything I have. Everything. Huh? Well, okay. I, there's a caveat <laughs> there. Not everything. Like I have the one uh, Ion Gunner. If I have two ion gunners, I'm not going to paint them because I never use those. Yeah. Um, but like I have an ATRT that I've, it's actually sitting right here in front of me that I paint. I've started painting it. Uh, I've got kind of the base colors down and I need to detail it. Um, I've got the, uh, the, the, I don't, I forget what it's called. The operatives upgrade uh -huh. with the, with the commander and the astromech droid and the medical droid. Hmm. So I'm uh, I want to get that done, and I still have my core set that's not quite finished. Okay, you know most of the Legion I play. Obviously, I'm not playing face to face with anyone, but I play with my daughter now and then on tabletop simulator. Mm -hmm. So don't have to paint for that. And ever since I finished my my army that I always play with, I have no motivation to paint anything else at all. Mm. 
And, you know, and this, uh, the quarantine has given me motivation to do that because what the hell else am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Although I see a I lot have... of people, uh, like on Reddit, a lot of people are, it seems like people are painting more. Yeah. I do have a bunch of juniper bushes on the side of my house that I've been uh, hacking at. And and I know that's been kind of pleasant, too, because I can go out there and, and dig at it. And, you know, when I'm, I'm tired of screwing around with it, I come in and have a beer or <laughs> grab a sandwich or whatever. Everybody I know has been just painting like there's no tomorrow. I mean, just <laughs> there, there might not be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Just painting and painting and painting. And it kind of sucks, though, you know, because it's like we just see it, you know, like on social media or whatever. And it's like, well, hopefully we'll get to play one day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one thing I kind of like to us to do, like at the top, of uh, the shows is kind of talk about like how it's um, if there's any industry news like where the this whole quarantine is affect how it's affecting the industry. I know uh, for me locally, um, I've talked about on the show before um, the Wayward Kraken on the Mississippi Gulf Coast being this awesome nerdy bar gaming place. Well. They're closed, and they said they're not coming back. They can't. Oh they, no! Yeah, they can't do it. They were like, I don't. They're like, I don't understand. You know, like we. They're like, we had this plan to um to uh, be out of debt, to be debt free in like five years, and we had actually made it happen to where it was going to happen in four years, and then this happened, and. We, you know, we don't want to take on more debt. They're like, we don't understand, you know, I don't need a business loan, you know. I, you know, I need business financial aid, you know. Where I, I need a business mm. Pell Grant, basically, where you just give me money and I, yeah, I don't pay it back. Well, I mean, I don't know all the details, especially of their specific situation, but most of those, the loans that are coming out recently are going to be completely forgiven as long as you stay in business and keep paying your people. Yeah. I mean, the point, they call them a loan, but the only reason they call them a loan is because they don't want you to take the money and then not stay in business. So, Yep. I mean, that's that's what I thought, too, that it was something like that, but I don't know. I don't know. It's their closing. Uh, it took... Uh, the, our shelter-in-place order came just this past Friday, and that finally closed my local gaming store. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I was like, I don't know. You know, I, I don't really have an opinion as to whether or not that was good or bad, but, you know, it just is. And, um, yeah, so they, they're finally closed, but they have, like, another business. They own a bunch of Papa John's in the area. Which I'm assuming is still they're still making money, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I mean people still want food. Although I imagine business is down because you have that whole well, you know, it's, it's a risk to uh, to be like, well, you know, how do I know that the food is? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it, that somebody didn't sneeze into my coke. Well, yeah, it's, I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, a lot of people are like super afraid of it. Like my wife doesn't want doesn't want to like order anything anything like that. Uh, she's like, I just can't trust it. You know, how do I know that the pizza guy? I mean, the pizza guy may not know he has it. 
mm-hmm. and then you know he finds out, and then I get it, and it's just this whole thing, and I don't know, man. It's it's weird, but man, it's that restaurants and gaming stores survive on very thin margins, and I'm just mm-hmm. man, I'm so scared. At the end of this, so many gaming stores are going to be closed, and what's really sad is like so many uh, businesses are going to be closed. And then at the end of it is like there'll be people with capital or the people that can get capital that will turn around and open up the exact same store in the exact same place. It's just sad, you know, that the place that had been there forever is now closed, but now there's a new place with a new guy who got lucky, you know, basically. Eh. Mm -hmm. I try to tell my kids, I'm like, man, you are literally living through like your own, you know, nine eleven, World War Two, whatever, you, whatever you want to think of. Yeah. This, this is a, this is a very generational defining moment. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to talk about your life like pre-COVID and post-COVID. It's going to change a lot of things. And I'm like, I really encourage you to at least once a day pay attention to the news, to what's going on, who's saying what, you know, and yeah. And think about that when you turn 18, or if you are 18, and you go to vote. Did you think the person you like did a good job, and they should be reelected or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But industry-wise, yeah. Oh, it's tough. Uh, the main thing I've seen is, okay, I mean, I guess we could talk about it now. It's one of the biggest things going on is the Dagum uh, Frosthaven Kickstarter. Yeah, they're doing okay. Well, everybody is being really critical about it. It's like they're Who's being critical about it. I haven't seen anything critical on that. You haven't seen people talk about like, okay, it's a multi-million dollar Kickstarter that maybe will deliver. Maybe. Because Oh, I don't know about that. That's going to deliver. Well, no, no, no. You can't say that because currently China's doing nothing. Nothing. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it it so yes, it might be delayed. I, I don't know. It, if you're if you're living under the assumption that society is going to collapse, then you're not going to spend a hundred and fifty bucks on a board game that you're going to get in two years. So. I guess, but yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> or maybe you just put it on the credit card, assuming you won't have to pay it off anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the whole uh, argument. I've even yeah, I've even people seen people talk about like it's not ethical. For them to do this. And I'm like, well, they're not making people do it. Okay. When this, the day that this launched, I said, I figured it would be at a million dollars by 5, 5 p.m. I know by the time I went to bed that night, it was up to 4 million. It's cur- it, currently, as of this podcast, it is at 6.5 million. No, it did 5 million in the first 24 hours. Yeah. Ah, wow. And now the estimated delivery is March of next year. Uh, and see, I, I think maybe that was the argument, is you can't ethically say that, because on a good year, if this was normal, if there was no COVID, it wouldn't meet that date. No Kickstarters never do. And uh, with this, with them absolutely printing nothing right now, um, I don't know. It may be a couple years, but yeah, I mean, I, I would think you would get it. And what I, what I really like out of this, this is actually, and I didn't know this. This is a true indie Kickstarter. Like, the guy, this is, you know, Cellafair Games or, or whatever it is, you know, it's it's more or less the little guy. 
that's just yeah. happened to do some really successful Kickstarters. Yeah, he's had a couple others, but this is basically it for him. I mean, obviously Gloomhaven is, you know, <laughs> it's it's like the rookie that steps up to the plate and hits his first one out of the park, <laughs> you know, yeah. and now people are going, oh, can he do it again? <laughs> and they're betting on him, so we'll see. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that I mean that's gonna be the whole thing is like when will this? I guess if when, because I mean the reality is I mean we've seen multi-million dollar Kickstarters not deliver, and we've seen good companies suddenly botch everything with one with one go. You know, I'm you know I'm not trying to be a pessimist or whatever, but it is certainly the fact that this whole COVID thing increases that chance. You know, for mm -hmm. sure. Are either one of you guys going to back it or did back it? Oh, I already did, yeah. I probably will not. Yeah. I just want I mean, one. I understand if you have uncertainty, then, like I said, you're not going to spend 100 and I think 40 bucks is what I paid for, for a board game. But, you know, I mean, that's just that's life. That's everything. There are things that I can afford and things that I cannot afford. And if I was working at a restaurant and I had just lost my job, I certainly would not have kickstarted it. Um, but my job, I, I work in healthcare and I have more work than I can do right now. So my job is secure. Um, that could change, of course, but it's something that I felt like I could afford. I don't think that, like you said, no one's being forced to do it. I mean, it, it, even if for whatever reason you don't want to do it right now, then, you know, you pick it up at miniature market in two years or three years or whatever. It, it's going to be available. But for me, I wanted to, I wanted to kickstart it. I wanted to get it as soon as possible. I think everybody's going to do it when their Cheeto check comes in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 you know what I think is going to be really interesting. So games like case blue you know it's it's an ocs game it's a big huge game routinely asl would be another one games that are not in print but anytime they go up for sale they instantly go for a lot of money i wonder if those games are just like price is going to skyrocket when when those checks come in because some people are going to be like hey cool 2400 bucks i'm going to go spend 1500 on this game that i couldn't afford last month the uh the 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 one the, what the five thousand dollar one that comes in a footlocker well yeah oh. twenty five hundred <laughs> for that one but not so much that because that's in print and you can get it anytime but like case blue anytime it goes up if if you've got a good like a case blue that's in good condition it's mm, going to go mm -hmm. for close to a thousand dollars wow and like ASL sometimes people put their collection up and their collection will go for two three four thousand dollars depending on what they have in it. So nice. I wonder if you're going to see stuff like that because people all of a sudden have quick income. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe not, but I wonder. I, I will say uh, my wife being trapped here and wanting to do something and wanting to be active decided to get an Oculus Rift. Oh, we have one on, on the way. <laughs> and, well, they were crazy difficult to find because apparently everybody has that same idea. They're like, well, mm -hmm. shit, I'm stuck here, you know. Um, I guess, you know, I'm, I've, I've got income coming in or I'm still getting paid, whatever. So, yeah, why don't I finally get one of these? That's so, the one you were talking about last time, right, Roy? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. I guess. Because that's Maybe. what I was, I was telling her that Roy was trying to find one, yeah. too. Uh, where did you finally get one, Roy? From the website, from the Oculus website. Um, I noticed... I and I do not have it in hand yet. 
but it's it's supposedly ordered it on the way. I, I noticed uh, like yesterday um, or day before, and I sent it to her that they had announced they were there. There'll be more, but they'll be available like May first or something like that. And um, so I sent her that, and she's like, "Well, I found one on eBay last night." Oh. <laughs> she, yeah, she had been stalking eBay, and she was mad because she, like, missed, like, one particular uh, one that was a really good deal. And um, she ended up uh, finding one, I think, last night, and it's coming. Her big thing is Beat Saber, and that's yep. what she wants mm -hmm. to do. Because my friend brought his over, and, you know, it, it's super cool. It really, really is. And, uh, yeah, so stuff like that, it, it's weird that you kind of start to see a run on. And uh, video games. Oh, yeah. Remember how great GameStop was doing, even though they were being a shitty employ employer? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. The big thing now is Nintendo Switches. Everybody wants one now that they're trapped at home. And GameStop's out of them. And, uh, mm -hmm. like, on the GameStop subreddit, they just talk about, like, how horrible the customers are. You know, they'll come and, like yell at them on the phone and then come and beat on the door and stuff like that because they don't have any Nintendo Switches and yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you're right, Richard. It's going to be stuff, you know, stuff like that that just all of a sudden, well, you just have disposable income that you didn't even know you had. Boom, here it is. So, okay, I'm going to buy something frivolous with this or, or you know, whatever. I'm going to treat myself. As they would say on uh, what was that? Parks treat and Rec. Treat yourself. <laughs> Parks and Rec. Treat treat yourself. So my uh, my mother-in-law back in the day when uh, W gave his some kind of a tax rebate or something and they gave sent everybody a thousand dollar check. She sponsored a bench in the in the county park with a little nameplate that said, "This bench is brought to you by the George Bush's uh, tax rebate." <laughs> Uh, I remember that. She was not a fan. I remember that one, and then I remember um, those of us down here in the South got FEMA checks. And there was actually a rap song made about it. And I looked for it everywhere, and it is not on YouTube, which really annoys me, nor is it on Spotify. It was done, and uh, it is released if you happen to want to buy the um, the CD from the artist. I think Amazon has it. I can't remember who it is. I'll have it posted in the show notes. But yeah, the I mean the hook for it was like, "Did you get your FEMA check?" Yes, I got my FEMA check, and yeah, <laughs> and it was just all about just buying frivolous stuff with your FEMA check. So, so as far as industry goes, I did hear that, um, ironically, Pandemic Legacy Season Three has been delayed because of the pandemic. <laughs> ah. ah. Yeah, I imagine that. I think he got interviewed a, uh, a couple of uh, uh, places, newspapers or whatever, interviewed the oh, guy yeah. who created Pandemic about, like, well, you know, hey, what do you think of everybody uh, buying your um, game and <laughs> and making this jokes and whatever? And he's like, oh, okay, well, it's such and such. But anyway. So, Roy, what have you been playing? So, let's see. Uh, you know, I have I have two different realms of game playing now. I have the online games that I play on the Brett Spielwelt, uh, which is the German uh, tabletop gaming place, and then the stuff that we play here at home. So, uh, we've been playing quite a bit of Stuffed Fables, 
with uh, my wife and daughter and uh, playing through the scenarios. It's it's kind of a clunky go, but I mean, we're, we're getting better at it. We're kind of doing better understanding the game. And I've kind of approached it more as I'm kind of the game master. And uh, I've been trying to throw in a little bit of role playing into it as we go along and everything. And so it's not so much about the gameplay, but about the experience. And so uh, Stuff Fables, we've been playing a lot of that. And then uh, my wife and I have been playing a lot of uh, darts in the uh, garage because we finally had a, had a turn of decent weather now where it's not, you know, 40 and, and cloudy all day. Uh, so we've been playing a lot of uh, darts. And then on uh, Brett Spielwelt, there's four games here that we've been, or I guess three, that uh, we've been playing. There's a, a game called Nachmal. It's just, a lot of these are in German. Uh, and this is a roll-and-write sort of game where you roll six dice. There's three of one kind and three of another kind. And so, like, you have a color die, and then you have a, a six-sided die that's one through five, and then a question mark. So you roll these dice... You choose a color and a number, and you're filling in a field of boxes on your uh, little scorecard. And uh, so you get points for getting a vertical column. You get points for crossing off a star. You get points for crossing off all of one color. So it's kind of your standard roll and write, roll and, write and that's called Nakmal. And there's a uh, – the English name, I guess, is Encore. Um so yeah, that's uh, I guess it's a stronghold games game, which I did not realize. Now, Roy, uh, I just talked to my wife today about like, well, you know, in the middle of all this, I really want to break out. Uh, was it Cube? Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh-huh. I I had bought a set and just ne- we had never got around to playing it, and uh, I'm like, well, we're home, we have tons of time now, so mm-hmm. yeah, I want I'm gonna try to play that. All right, you know. Uh, Bust out the beers and throw some sticks. Mm-hmm. And if people try <laughs> to get within like you know six feet of me, they get oh, they yeah. get the stick. Yeah, there you go. What you need to do is have a chain that you can rig in between the two the 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 sticks you throw, and then you have a pair of nunchucks. Hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also on Brett Spielwald, a game called Skull King, which is a um, it's a trick-taking game, which I was trying to kind of trying to get my head around. It's uh, it's essentially like Hearts, uh, but you also have pirates that you can play. There's the mermaid that beats. Yeah, I don't know. I was a little confused as we were playing it, but, but anyway, a game called Skull King. And then another trick-taking game called Die Crew, or The Crew, um, and it's a uh, it's a co-op game. And it's tricks take trick taking. So there's several different missions. So like the first mission is um, there's one card like the six, the green six, and you have to get the commander to take the green six. And so another, you know, every other respect, it's like hearts, where um, you know it's whatever you have to follow suit. High card takes the trick. Um, but so, like, if the if the card that the commander has to take is, like, a green three, well, that's a pretty low card. You kind of have to finagle it so that he can um, collect that card. 
And so there's no table talk allowed. You're just kind of trying to, or there's very little table talk allowed. And you're trying to uh, um, finagle it so that the commander takes a particular card. And then in later missions, it'll be there'll be like three cards, and they have to be in order. Um, so anyway, it's uh, uh, the crew. The, well, the full name is a crew. The quest for Planet Nine. I've never heard of a co-op trick trick-taking game. That sounds yeah. interesting. It's uh, it's um, apparently had not been released in um, in the states, so I don't know if it's actually available mm. throughout here or not. So, do you play these uh, against like just random people that? No, it's like... our it's our regular game night people. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, one of um, my friends is uh, uh, an engineer, and he does consulting for various places around the world. And so a lot of the stuff he does is teleconferencing. And so the company that he works for provides him with uh, the WebEx software. And yeah. so we just we sign into his uh, his meeting room, and, and so we do that for the audio, and then we play on the computer. Cool. So, um, and then, let's see here. Oh, and I've been painting Legion, which I already talked about. Yeah, I wish, uh, I did reach out to my, the guy that paints for me, because he's local, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, he's, like, working his ass off from home. I was like, damn. I was like, <laughs> I was hoping you'd just be sitting at home and not have anything to do. And you're like, oh, yeah, I could use that. Oh, yeah, and the, the guy that, um that assembles stuff from me for me. I reached out to him too. I'm like, you know, I've got a bunch of stuff I want to be assembled too busy. I'm like, dad gum it. So <laughs> I have all this time and I don't want to put anything together or uh yeah, paint. So So uh I actually backed a uh Kickstarter. Um it, if, I don't know if you guys remember we interviewed uh the guys at Primeval Clash like a a year or so ago, their first uh, Kickstarter was not successful, and uh, this one is. They they came back. Um, I honestly can't remember what the difference of it was. I know with this one, I really think it's a good deal because they give you an STL option, mm -hmm. and if you're like me and have a guy over at AlterDimension.com. And uh, who will print this stuff for you? Um, yeah, it's a super, super good deal. So uh, they wanted a measly ten grand. They've got twelve days to go, and they have uh, almost sixteen grand. And uh, basically, what I did was I did the the five dollar COVID nineteen late pledge, for, <laughs> which is great. It's like for one year. This pledge will allow you to make a one-time purchase of their products at Kickstarter prices with all the stretch goals included. So just for five bucks, you could toss that in there, you know. And if you if you end up in a better uh, financial situation or, or whatever, and yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you uh, you could got a year to do it. But basically, what I wanted to do, I didn't want the two. Uh, the uh, the two empires in the starter set I wasn't interested in those so for, I did the five dollars and then uh, I'm gonna do the STL files for the kingdom of Farheim which is like the uh, the Nordic looking ones it's the one that has like the big giant sloth 
and the bear, and there's like a, some kind of furry rhino, because I think they look cool. And the other mm-hmm. one, which is like the baddest thing ever, is the Grand Empire of Lindinia, which is basically um, what do you, uh, Victorian era era um, British on dinosaurs. So I'm like, <laughs> hell yes, sold. So for those, I'm just, for ten bucks each, I get the STLs for those. So that was well worth it to me. And so uh, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Boy, I like that they use a uh, they use a space marine as a um, as a scale. Oh yeah. So like they have their models <laughs> and then a space marine. Yeah, you have to. I mean, that's like the most. I would say that's like the most common. Uh, the, the the lingua franca of, uh, of of miniature war games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it reminds me. Um, do you remember that game we talked about called? Um, it was about it was the game about language dialect. Okay, <sighs> I don't remember that one. It was a Roy thing, but not sure. Anyway, I got a uh, oh. notification that uh, they were back. Uh, they'll be back in stock. Um, I think at the end of the month. I don't know. It was just a really cool idea for a game. It was basically it's kind of a RPG that, uh, what do you call those that are just self-contained, where it's just literally like one book and the cards and that's it, and so you just kind of play with that. It's about an isolated community, their language, and what it means for their language to be lost. So, I don't know. just thought it was kind of a cool idea for a game. I swear we talked about it, and I swear it was Roy that brought it to our attention. I do not remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Oh, man, I don't know. Of course, maybe, I don't know. It was the alternate... uh, universe i'm from where where hillary was president or something or dave Chappelle was president i don't know i don't know but anyway here it is and it sounds really cool and i'll just toss it right in on the show notes so there you go you can take a look at it and decide if you want to uh check it out because i thought it was really cool anyway so richard what have you been playing uh i haven't played anything new that i don't think i've already talked about before but mostly i've been playing a lot of gloomhaven uh, mostly just because my one of my daughters is home from college and my little one and I play together. So the three of us were just kind of all trapped in the house together, and that's what we play together. Uh, not that we're not having a lot of fun, but um, my normal Gloomhaven group has not met since we all went on lockdown. But we're actually talking about doing Tabletop Simulator this Tuesday. So we'll see how that works. Um, that'll be something new that we're all trying out. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been playing more Atlanta as ours, which is great campaigns in the American Civil War. Played that. I've been playing a little solitaire just to learn the system a little better, but also played online with a friend on Vassal. Uh, and that one, the more I play, the more I like it. It's it's really, really good. Uh, we played a multi-turn scenario, which if you just play the single-turn scenarios, that's fine, but that's really just kind of learning the mechanics of the game. You really get into it once you get into multi-turn scenarios because, you know, every pretty much every war game has, like, the one thing that they're trying to model. And what uh, the GCACW is trying to model, I think, is uh, the effects of fatigue on troops and how long it takes them to recover from fatigue. So, you know, you can push your guys, and it's there's a little bit of a push-your-luck game because the harder you push them, the more chance they are going to get exhausted. And then once they do get exhausted, 
um, they're not going to fully recover even in one turn. So if you really want to make sure you guys fully recover, it's going to take them a couple turns to do so. So um, getting that recovery mechanic into the game in a multi-turn game really makes it better. And then in the defense rules, you get even more recovery rules and supply rules and cohesion rules because you can't stay too far away from your army commander. So there's lots and lots of good stuff in that system. And Atlanta and ours in particular, I just really like. It's a it's a, a great game. Uh, you know, that reminds me, Richard. Um, yeah. I am seeing more and more people, at least locally, learning Tabletop Simulator. Yeah. I, I think I saw yesterday that they set like an all-time record for most people online at one time or something, which doesn't surprise me at all because, you know, I've, I know Vassal is the same way. Vassal has been super busy. Tabletop Simulator. Tabletop Simulator really is amazing, and some of the programmers that have written some of the scripted mods for it are just incredible. Uh, I mean, oh, gummit that does uh, – that also reminds me um... – uh, uh, Lock and Load released their... Yes. Yes. Yeah, for like, what, less than 20 bucks or something, and you get all the modules? For 16 bucks, you get yeah. everything. Wow. It's Lock and Load, Tactical Digital. It's like, the actual base game is like $3. Yeah. And it's like $13 for all the other stuff. It's Yeah, uh, I, was, yeah. I was thinking about getting that, even though I'm not a big... I mean, I've played the system once, and I didn't like it that much, but, man, for 16 bucks. Yeah, I, I saw somebody comment on it, like, uh, saying something like, is this, like, Vassal? Or what's the difference between, <laughs> you know, this and Vassal? And they're like, I think it's, like, a scripted Vassal. And I'm like, it, it's called a video game, guys. That's, <laughs> that's, that is what it is. I don't Wait, know. Wait, so my computer is playing against me? Yes. What is that? <laughs> AI. I've, I've heard of AI. That's terrible. Didn't I see that in uh, The Terminator 2? Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, it's a super good deal. I'll try to link that in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, I it is funny to me because I see way more people talking about uh, Tabletop Simulator. But of course, that's because I follow miniatures than Vassal. And people that are like, oh man, uh, this Tabletop Simulator is hard, hard to learn. Maybe I should try Vassal. I'm like, nope, you're going the wrong way. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually wonder, I, I looked briefly, um, didn't look too hard into it, but I was, I was trying to see if there's actually a good miniatures rule set on on tabletop simulator because you know that'd be another good one tabletop simulator if you're playing like a hex encounter game it's much better to just play vassal but anything with miniatures like gloomhaven or star wars legion or something like that is i don't want to say it's better on tabletop simulator because someone has to go in there and do the programming for it but if someone has done a scripted mod for it then miniatures games are better on tabletop simulator yeah, I know they have a Legion one because my they have Legion. Oh yeah, and Le it's really good. Yeah, Legion and X-wing because my my local guys are, are yep. playing that, and um, the locals are starting to get into. Apparently, there's a 40k. Yeah, for, that doesn't surprise uh, me. But I mean, I'd love to like if somebody had like a Napoleonics or something on Tabletop Simulator. That'd be awesome. You know, where you could set up a big huge table on Tabletop Simulator and. Um, I'm not sure Tabletop Simulator is great at saving game states, but, you know, there's a lot of people that I think would love that love the idea of miniatures, but A, don't have a thousand miniatures, B, don't have a terrain, C, don't have the space for it. All those things, if you can play the game on Tabletop Simulator, you know, it's mm -hmm. I think it would get more people into it. Yeah. Hey, so 
I did have this in news, but I'll just throw it in here that uh, Tabletop Simulator is on sale right now for That's right, uh, 50% yeah. off. So, uh, and I've never used it before, yeah. but I'm I'm getting close to. Uh, yeah, maybe. and even at, even at full price, it's only twenty bucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, then, I understand you have to buy other modules for it. Then, so you you get I've the base ne- game. I've never bought a module for it. Most of the good ones are free. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it. I mean, basically, it's kind of like uh, what um, who is it? Dan Versen Games does with Vassal. Some companies sell yeah. like official versions of their games, yeah. and uh, you know, you get all the stuff like that. But it's mostly it's it's like Vassal. It's just people that are you know just I've programmed this in, and this is how, you yeah. know all the snowtroopers and whatever else you know we got it in. Yeah. So there yeah. You go. And if you're ever looking for a module for Tabletop Simulator, um, look for one that says scripted because those are going to be the ones that are really well written that have, you know, programming behind them to manage components and movement and stuff like that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So I jumped out in front of you. I think you were talking about about to mention Next War Korea. Yeah, I played Next War Korea, too. Um, I've played that's the third Next War game I've played. And. Man, I think I might like this one even better than Poland. Um, Poland was my favorite. I liked India, Pakistan. I liked Poland even better. I think I like Korea even better. Um, but I just, as a joke, because it amused me, I thought it would be funny if during the coronavirus epidemic on April Fool's Day, North Korea invaded South Korea. And I thought, huh, what would that be like? So I set up Next Score Korea and played that, and um, it was fun yeah, because mm-hmm. I thought it, it's interesting. There's There's – Anytime you set up a Next War Korea game, um, you both players, and I was playing solitaire, but both players basically get to decide who's going to intervene. So, like, is Japan going to jump in? Is China going to jump in? Is the U.S. going to jump in? And basically every nation that you call in to intervene gives your opponent victory points because you're, like, you know, adding forces to yourself or whatever. So I just thought it would be kind of weird and funny, and I thought, you know, if they invaded on April 1st during the coronavirus epidemic – Probably, first of all, everyone would think is a joke. And then second of all, other nations might be too preoccupied to deal with it. So I thought, mm. what would happen in this game if just no one intervened at all? And it, it didn't go that well for South Korea. I didn't finish it. I, I played a couple, I played a turn or two turns of it and uh, and thought, well, this is not going well for South Korea. But it's it's a fun game. I mean, if you haven't played Next War, it's a lot to jump into. But it's also very procedural. So if someone that knows how to play is teaching you, all you have to do is follow the steps. Hmm, okay. Yeah. And I, then I, there, yeah. I want at least one of those sooner or later. I had hoped to, you know, uh, play with Mitchell and you know all that this coming June. But yeah, we're just going to have to see. Less and less likely that that's going to happen. But I, I'm still holding out hope as well. Yes. Well, I get yeah, which reminds me, what Origins still hasn't made a decision. I guess they will at the end of April. I don't know. Oh, I haven't I heard. Know. I, think. I know we we had a small con here in St. Louis. Mitch and and Matt were both going to be there, and some other people as well. And that was going to be end of April, and uh, we we canceled that one today. Hmm. But I've already got the t- time off, so a lot of us are talking about playing on Vassal or something. Well, I say I have the time off. I don't know if I'm going to have the time <laughs> off or not. Hmm. They what where I work they they canceled all our vacation a couple weeks ago so. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. 
And then the other game I played was uh, another GMT game called At Any Cost Mets, which I think I've talked about it. I haven't played it in a while. It's been over a year, but it's a really good game. It's a it's 1870, the Franco-Prussian War. Um, and what I like about it so much is a couple of things. Um, it's it's got some asymmetricalness to it. Not a word, but um, in it's interesting because the it is now. Yeah. The, the French artillery and the Prussian artillery have different strengths and ranges and the French artillery and the Prussian or the infantries have different strengths and ranges. The French have this very early version of a machine gun called a mitrailleuse, um, which it's interesting if you Google it. Basically, when they first came out with this thing, it was like top secret. This was the height of technology at the time. And they would actually move it around the battlefield in a tent so that the enemy couldn't even see it. And they would mm. operate this very early machine gun along with the artillery. and um, But it's a chit pull game as well, which makes for a, a good um, solitaire game because you don't know who's going to go next. You don't know who's going to get to activate. But it's it's a really good game. I played that one on my solitaire table. Yeah, that's one I own but have not uh, got to the table. Yeah. Know, surprisingly, it's, right? <laughs> it's good. It's good. You should try it. It's got a nice vessel module too if you just want to kind of play around with it. Oh, it's carriage mounted, like a like a cannon. Yes, yeah. It kind of looks like um, it kind of looks like a rocket launcher, like an early rocket launcher, like a salvo launcher. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Very like basically the earliest machine gun. It's called a mitrailleuse. Mm. Cool. I should have let uh, Adam try to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> So, if we haven't, if you weren't paying attention earlier, we do have a sponsor over at AlterDementia.com. And he's actually running a sale now? A sale? A yes. fire sale? Hey, yeah, if you remember that. Um, <laughs> it's a fire sale! Uh, no. But, uh, yeah, this is the guy that's going to print my, uh, he doesn't know it yet, but he's going to print my uh, dinosaurs from the Kickstarter. And, uh, yeah. He'll he'll anything you have the St. Louis file for he'll print. And, uh, <laughs> it's, what is it? COG twenty nineteen. You get twenty percent off. Although uh, he is running a sale where you get twenty percent off everything now. Probably doesn't yep. stack, but I don't know. You can ask him. But uh, yeah, he's got some cool stuff over there. I really want the little dungeon master from. Um, yeah, two the, bucks. Yeah, the old get cartoon. It. Just get that little guy over there. The ill-gotten games dungeon master. They also have the old, um, the other one though. The War Duke uh, from, yeah, I just remember the action figure. I can't think of the guy's name, but, yeah. I don't know. I wish, I wish that old Dungeons & Dragons show was on somewhere. It was so bad that I want to see it again. <laughs> I'm almost uh, positive it is streaming. Is it? Uh, Maybe on one of those cartoon ones that give you viruses? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, like, on a legitimate website, um somewhere um let's see well amazon will sell you the dvds um damn it i thought it i thought for sure i looked a while ago and i couldn't find it but it was just it was so bad that i want to see it again just to see how bad it is oh eric was such a bitch (laughs) (laughs) which one was was he the uh the ranger he was the cavalier the cavalier okay Yep. And there was the, there was the acrobat and the barbarian. Oh, it's so fear not, ranger. <laughs> uh, bar- let's see, fear not, ranger. And I, it goes barbarian, magician, yeah. 
thief, cavalier, and acrobat. Oh. Yeah, I, could, I did. I, always I remember did that love that magic bow, though. That was awesome. And so Venger was uh, what's the, shoot? What's the guy's name? He was the bad guy with the horn. Of... Yes. Yeah. Well, but he was the the voice actor Peter Cullen. Is the same guy that did Optimus uh, Prime. Optimus Prime. Yes. yes. Really? I yeah. o- I only know that because <laughs> I work with a guy that is a huge Peter Cullen fan. That every time he goes to a convention anywhere here in the southeast, my my uh, coworker is there and gets him to <laughs> autograph something. All right. Yeah, man. Peter Cullen was known for other stuff than you know Optimus Prime. You know, yep, he, he was Venger. Yeah, he was Venger. Blah, blah blah. Yeah, I just that's how I know it because <laughs> my friend won't shut up about him. So yeah, I do see you can watch it on YouTube. So uh, yeah, it's full it's, episodes. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, I have it linked in the show notes. Uh, yeah, people have uploaded it, so it's there. Here's episode one for sure. So I'll have that in the show notes for you, you know. That'll be enough to scratch the edge. So I'll say, yes, I remember it. It was terrible. I don't need to watch it anymore. All right. So uh, moving on to what's on your radar, I discovered this company. uh, It's NapoleonGames.com, part of the Operational Studies Group, OSG. Uh, You familiar with these, Rich, at all? I just saw it. I, it must have been posted on Reddit or something. I saw it a week or two ago on Reddit, and I was actually looking at that site too. Yeah, that's where I think I ran into it. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, I'd never heard of this. They're out of uh, Maryland, and I guess it's operational scale Napoleonics? Kind of. Yeah, that's what it looks like, but it's it's hard to really tell what the gameplay is like from their website. The picture kind of looks like Stratego. Okay. <laughs> it's a black uh, kind of game. I will say I, I recognize one of them. Uh, if you look on out-of-print games, and I'll have this linked in the share notes, they published uh, Four Lost Battles, which at one point was pretty highly acclaimed for a yeah. Napoleonic board game. Uh, I recognize that. So, Oh, and 1806, Rossbach Avenged. That was another one. And again, I just remember these from like 10 years ago, people talking about them. So, I don't know. Just something uh, new and different, which is kind of like why it's on uh, what's on your radar. Let's see. What they have in print is Napoleon's Wheel. Okay. It's just the wheel off his carriage. That's what it is. A whole game about that. <laughs> uh, and Napoleon at Bay, Napoleon Retreats. All about Napoleon. Oy. Um, they have an introductory game, uh, Talavera. Which, um, if you follow Sharp's Rifles, I want to say that's where Richard Sharp's Richard Sharp captured the first eagle. I think, if I'm remembering that correctly. But uh, oh yeah, bunch of Napoleonic stuff there. So there you go. Yeah, I wish they had more about what the gameplay is like. I mean, like if you click on one of the games, you know, a couple maps, some units, but hundred playing cards. So I don't know if it's a card-driven game or I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess I could reach out and try to interview one of these guys. I literally have, yeah, nothing but time nowadays. I could just, yeah, we'll talk about that more at the end of the show, <laughs> the different stuff I'm working on and, and stuff. I could interview, try to interview one of these guys and, and see. Generally, people like to come on and toot their own horn and talk about it. I lo- Yeah, and uh, yeah, I haven't interviewed anybody in a while. Uh, 
I, it doesn't usually it ha, designers Kevin Zucker, uh, John Devereaux, Kevin Zucker, Kevin Zucker, Kevin Zucker. I don't know. I, we can ask him. Does anybody ever call you the Zuck? No. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> moving on. In all this, you know, virtual playing thing since we all live isolated in our own little homes and we can't leave i discovered another one i mean you know roll 20 and yeah. uh the one that costs money is uh was it is it shadow grounds fantasy grounds fantasy grounds that's it yeah. yeah i actually own a copy of that and um a couple of modules for it i think but i discovered astral tabletop so mm-hmm. I'll have this linked in the show notes. And currently, as of now, they have all the extra paid features are free until the end of April. So you could give this like a real strong look at if you wanted to. They currently support Call of Cthulhu, Pathfinder, don't know which version, Vampire, Shadow of the Demon Lord, Exalted, Forbidden Lands, and Fantasy Age. Of course, you know, they'll. I'm sure they'll have generic whatever... So you can, you know, squeeze in your Dark Sun or whatever you want to play in there. But, yeah, it's just another one, you know, and I had never heard of it. I think competition is good, you know, for these kind of things, and, yeah. So if you sign up for this, after April, it's uh, $8.25 a month for the pro version. Uh, but there is a free account also. Yeah, I kind of hate, like, that's kind of where we're going, you know, with things. Everybody wants to get you with a monthly fee. Now, granted, mm-hmm. it's, it's usually cheap, but... I think usually the free version, like, if you're only running one game, for for most of these sites that I've seen, the free version is just fine for you. It's mm-hmm. just for people that are running multiple games that might want to consider the pay version. Now, I know on, I think it's Roll20, you also have to buy, like, basically the electric... Well, you don't have to, but if you want to get all the source material, they make you pay for that as well, which I think is stupid, but... Hmm. Hmm. And uh, the other one we had here was Tabletopia? Yes. I uh, we I, I actually found this. Um, and I... You guys heard of this one? This is for board games. I've heard of it. I've never, never used it. Okay. Now, so it looks like they have... You can play Scythe. Yeah. Tabletopia. You know, that's probably something I should do in my isolation. Uh, actually play some of the, at least these the digital versions of games I have. Like, I have Scythe on Steam, and um, you know, uh, several uh, miniature games. Like, um, uh, the, the, the couple of Ancients ones I have, and uh, yeah, I should at least give that a try. That'd be something to do. But I'm too busy doing other stuff. It's weird. It was, like, literally, like, the first week I played and finished, like, five different video games. And then after that, I became productive. And now I'm (laughs) I'm stuck being productive. It's weird. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't know what to do. So, anyway. (laughs) Uh, The next thing was... um, Oh, yeah. This I found to be completely and utterly ridiculous. All right. When you think of the Avalon Hill game company... What games come to mind? Uh, Hex Encounter kind of stuff. Uh, the original Axis and Allies was Avalon Hill, wasn't it? I think so. It seems like yeah. you know anything like that. I mean, they invented like Squad Leader. They invented Advanced Squad Leader. You know, all that kind of stuff. You definitely think 
think of Avalon Hill as like more of a war game. Well, yeah. I found this thing. This is called Quest for the Ideal Mate. And um, this will be linked in the show notes. And uh, it, it's from 1987. The designer was Cheryl Soloman. And uh, they don't appear to have made anything else uh, by this. But it's an Avalon Hill game. It is uh, the revolutionary new game that replaces dating bureaus, singles bars, sex therapy, and marriage counseling. Caution. It is not for monks, nuns, or hermits. Quest for the Ideal Mate is a game for the liberated male and female. (laughs) You can play it with your pants on. (laughs) You will discover who you are, who others are, and what you can be together. Playing with three to twelve friends, strangers, lovers, marital partners, or any combination of these. Okay, so I'm playing with twelve marital partners because I have a harem, I guess. I don't know. Uh, It could result in a single person discovering their ideal mate within the group. You'll laugh your head off at the responses of other players while awaiting what's in store for you. I think the next sentence is actually my favorite, though. Cheryl Solomon, internationally known handwriting analyst. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she's also an author. Author. (laughs) Lecture, lecturer on personality and compatibility, has created Quest for the Ideal Mate to provide an entertaining diversion for people, for people to get to know one each other. One game will tell you more about someone's hidden character than a dozen dates and bare feelings on countless subjects that would not surface in normal relationships until it's too late. So, wow. so the Ideal Mate card. There's there what is it one two there's about eight different categories where you pick out a trait of the person that you want to be mated with and then you pick out a trait about yourself so you're you're rating yourself and you're rating you know the person that you really want to be with all right guys I I found her on Twitter and is she still a handwriting analysis. Uh, well, An- no, it says she retired from this. Okay, on one hand, okay, this has got to be linked to the show notes. Hold on, I'll dump it over here in the notes so you guys can see the nightmare I'm looking at um, <laughs> because she sells art. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I should keep that stuff in because I kind of want to get her on the show and inter- interview her because, you know, what else am I doing? Um, Is yeah. she an analyst therapist? She, Yeah, she's an an hour fist. Yes. It's new. Yeah. Lot uh, and his daughters. Okay. If I wanted to buy that from Fine Art America, should that be my new Twitter avatar? <laughs> I could get it for $22. Oh, it could be, but Which, I don't think people could tell you, like, what exactly it is. That's small, small of a thing. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, it's some stuff. It looks, I don't know what she draws. <laughs> it looks like kind of. It looks like MS Paint. Yeah, in paint. It looks like she's drawing in paint. It doesn't actually look analog for whatever. Anyway, this poor lady has 45. She now has 41, baby. 41 <laughs> followers. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, she, she's still alive. She posted on March 27th. So, if you scroll um, down to Sunrise, Sunset Together, that dog has a really well-defined butt. Yes, 
something it, I thought I would say tonight. It does. Wow. Okay. Baby got back. I think it may. Yeah, I think that may be an anthropomorphic boy or something. I don't know. It's really, really weird. Anyway, oh. we, yes. I we say there's a website, but there's not. Uh, I, oh my gosh! What about the the? Over, do you see this over here on the right? The woman choking the baby or whatever from the <laughs> February 28th. It's all the way over on the right. Uh, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's from February 28th. Happy birthday, Shirley. Happy birthday, Shirley. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, God. She's going to listen to this and be mad uh, when we interview her. But I, I just wanted to interview you about that game, not your awful artwork, madam. I mean, okay, now... <laughs> Harold Buchanan has done like 12 podcasts in the last two weeks, and he has not covered this. No, so he hasn't. we got something on him. Yes. <laughs> you won't hear this over there or uh, History on the Table? No, History on the Table is not covering this. No, they don't, not at all. Those guys don't have the guts to cover this. <laughs> to cover Quest for the Ideal Mate. <laughs> Golly, yeah, shit. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, we've got to get her on. I'm going to try. I don't have anything else to do with time. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to interview. You guys want to be involved in that? Make no, me... absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I want you to do it. Okay, I'll just do it myself. That's fine. She's, uh, um, let's see. Uh, it's been said that the Yiddish word, she, apparently she's Jewish. Yeah, and, you uh, can tell art themes. Yeah. Yeah, some okay. of the art, yeah. is. Uh, might is, be busy this week for Passover. Has rab <laughs> rabbis and stuff. Um yeah, and scary Florida tornado. Is that a woman kissing their dog? <laughs> Did I miss that? Where's that? Yeah, one? yeah, okay. That's on September twenty second, twenty nineteen. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, I'm gonna insert all these where we said them in the show notes. You can just look at it in the show notes. You don't have to go to this nice lady's Twitter and and dig through it like. But we did. please follow this. But nice by all lady. means, <laughs> I want to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on a, a scary Florida tornado, twenty seventeen. It was on September twenty second, twenty nineteen. Is when she posted this. It looks like a woman is making out with a dog in the doorway. <laughs> there, it's just the perspective that she drew it. Yes. Okay, so uh, what? Sorry, what's the date? September twenty second, twenty nineteen. Okay, so I'm in October. So I need to keep oh, down. there you go. Yeah, yeah I see yeah. it. You see, they're 20... making out. <laughs> And it, I mean, golly, oh, it keeps my. getting worse. You go down to the next thing. Why is that bald man in the speedo? And yeah. is that a boy giving him a back rub? What is going on here with this lady? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we need a spinoff podcast where we where, where just... we critique art. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we'll do an audio show where we critique art. Yes. Okay. If you could just <laughs> see what we're looking at here. There you, you go. You have to stream it. Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. Uh, wow. the, the next thing we had was Gamma Marauders. How do we even get back on track after that? I don't that? know. We do. I try to I try to steer the <laughs> ship. I try. It's hard. I have to lean into it sometimes. Uh, Gamma Marauders from uh, 1987. And uh, this was brought to my attention because apparently it's being kickstarted uh as a reboot called uh legions of steel and uh, i'll have this both both of these linked in the show notes and uh i usually kind of pay attention to uh this kind of stuff uh almost kind of quasi battletech knockoffs 
I would have definitely noticed this if I saw it on the shelf at the time, and I didn't. And uh, a friend of mine uh, told me that a guy he knew was actually trying to, uh, at one point, who was trying to purchase the rights to this game so he could kickstart it. But this is not who is kickstarting it now. But um, Alan, Alan Varney. You think that's like Jim Varney's brother that worked no, at TSR? No, uh, I thought for sure that that was one of the yeah paranoia. He's a, one of the paranoia designers. Okay, and I see he was born in St. Louis, Missouri. That means Rich knows who he is. Yeah, we're good friends. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. He was born in uh-huh. April 1959. He designed three board games and two dozen role playing games. Uh, yeah, he did the Mongoose Publishing version of Paranoia. Okay. Uh, we could toss this in right here. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but there is a um, uh, a video game based on Paranoia that came out. And look, this thing is supposed to already be out. It's called Paranoia. Happiness is mandatory. And um, I keep looking for it. I it appeared to be there's like a you can wish list for it on Steam, and it was supposed to be over on the Epic Game Store, but it was removed. So I don't know. And all I can see is like where they're selling. Um, you can pre-purchase a copy of the game for consoles, but it won't be out until um, end of the year. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going on with this thing. I've looked and looked and looked and can't find a damn thing on it except people that reviewed it, and it got pretty favorable reviews, especially when people that compared it uh, to the uh, the previous game. Uh, I'm sorry, to the RPG. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. It was it was supposed to be on Epic, and uh, I can't find it there either. So I don't know what's going on. I never played that one. Well, I mean, I never really played any of them, but um, that was one I had never heard of. But I did, I think I picked up, uh, they did a humble bundle for it. Yeah, uh, I'll link this in the show notes. Like, here's the um, the Steam thing that just says release date 2020. Uh, whatever the hell that means. So, I don't know. Hmm. I would, yeah. And it, it even has a Metacritic score of 46. Maybe that's why it's been pulled? I don't know. Maybe it hasn't been pulled. Maybe this is some really weird paranoia marketing. It's like, yes, <laughs> our game is out, but you have to find it. Or maybe it's not out. I don't know. Anyway. So, moving on. We talked about Frosthaven, I guess, already. Um, yeah, I think it made $24,000 in the time we were recording this podcast. So, there you go. Yeah, I was actually looking at it earlier, and it's it's funny because, you know, it's still you can see the number going up, and on Kickstarter it'll sh- actually show it the number moving. But that first day, um, I mean, obviously to go from from zero to five million dollars in wow. less than twenty four hours is crazy. Oh, man, uh, I guess you know that's yeah that's another thing I'm gonna do in in all my time is is nail down the. Um, the Kickstarter that we were going to do. We'll finally do a Kickstarter. A parody Kickstarter. Yeah. So, there you go. Make sure you, have, make sure you have miniatures. 
Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of Kickstarter, we need to back up a little bit there to the, what, Classic Legions of Steel? Oh, no, no, no. That's what I was talking about. Gamma Marauders has been rebooted uh, on Kickstarter oh, as okay. Legions of Steel. Gotcha. All and right. what kind of sucks is it it's basically the same thing. Now, you can actually get it, uh, if you look at the Kickstarter, you can get a print-and-play version pretty cheap with just stand-ups. And, uh, but to me, it looks like they're using the same artwork, the same molds for the miniatures. Now, I will say this is Canadian, uh, so your, you know, your dollars go far, although that ain't going to last, is because we, over here in the States, we keep, you oh, know... Canadians printing. are all, all, they're all getting $2,000 a month right now. I know, uh, and we keep, like, creating money out of thin air and then setting it on fire for a 15-minute <laughs> market rally. Uh, so I imagine the value of the dollar going down, you know, to, like, 2008 levels after a while. Man, at one time, it the Canadian dollar, like, we swapped. It was, like, one American dollar was, like, 1.5 Canadian. So, yeah, it sucks. Anyway, uh, that's possible in the future. Hope not. You got your loonies, you got your toonies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And if you guys have ever, ever, if you want a really great thing for Canadian culture, watch Trailer Park Boys. It's fantastic. Uh, totally fantastic. Love it. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. Frost Haven, million dollars. And Roy has a copy of Falling Sky. Yes, I bought a copy of Falling Sky, the coin game that uh, Rich apparently loves. I do um, love it. Can't go right. wrong. So I, uh, it was on the consignment rack, and I, I finally pulled the trigger on that. So nice. I've been, been, it's, it's a pithy rule book for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. follow the example of play. That'll, that'll teach you how to play it, and then, yeah, just jump into it. Um, I would say, you know, it's got bots for every all the four factions, but, mm-hmm. um, like if you wanted to just play solitaire or something, just play all four factions yourself because then you'll learn how they work. Okay. Usually I don't use the bot unless we've got like three players and, you know, we want just the fourth player to be a bot. So you can't really play it with – you have to have four factions in there, right? Correct. You cannot drop a faction out. Okay. Yeah. So if you're playing with three, you have to have a bot. Yeah. And if you okay. play with two, with two players, then like one person will play Rome and the Edoui and the other one will play the Belgics and the uh, the uh, the green guys. Mm-hmm. The, Draw on the, a blank on their name. I know okay. it's Verkengi Tariks is their leader. What's the, the uh, what's their name? I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on them. They're the okay. green guys. The green horde. <laughs> the Romans. No, they're no. red. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> so I, you know, and I I did a little bit of the, the solitaire game, and then we needed the table space, so I put it away. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll be cracking that out again here eventually. All right. And I'll be hitting you up with questions. Excellent. All right. So the next thing we had was, did we talk about this last time? I'm not sure. Maybe not. No, we t- no they gave away some other stuff last time. They're giving- this is a new one. Ah, C3I is doing a pandemic scenario. scenario. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I have I downloaded it. I haven't played it yet. I was hoping to get to it this weekend, but we didn't get to it. But yes, a new uh, COVID nineteen scenario for the board game pandemic. That's oh. cool. Yeah. It was uh, does remind me. I did finally um, download um, 
on my, on my Nintendo Switch a copy of Pandemic. So hopefully I will finally play this thing that everybody has been talking about for years. Oh, it's have you ever game. played Pandemic? I never have. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very familiar with it. I've seen people play it. I've seen you got heard you guys talk about it, but never played it. Hmm. All right. So uh, the next thing we had was Goodman Games is going to do a Dungeon Crawl Classics Dying Earth. And uh, this made me finally go, you know what? I think I've had Dying Earth. I think it, it's a series of books by Jack Vance. I think in the mid to late 60s is when it started. I've had it like forever on my uh, wish list. So I burned one of my Audible credits on it, and uh, I just regret it. Yeah. Have you guys like ever tried ever tried to read it? I have not. No. It's it's basically... usually for stuff like that. I'll try to see if it's on Hoopla rather than Audible. It uh... Dying Earth is where the D and D spell system came from, right? Oh, uh, I think so. I'm. Well, I know. Vancean spells is yeah the D and D spell system. Okay, I mean I imagine uh, since it uh, since it came out in 1950, it's probably part of Appendix N would be my guess. Uh, I can't think of a reason, you know, I can't think of it not being, but I don't know. Look, I fired it up on Audible, and I swear it sounds like it was written in Old English. <laughs> I, I don't know if he just decided to mix up language or or do a particular way of speaking, but it all sounds like Shakespeare. It's it's like you have to like wait. What did he say? You know, and just uh, I don't know. Which which sucks to me because I mean I'm really interested in just the setting. You know, it's it's kind of uh the sun's dying you know it's kind of uh the end of earth this the civilization's all collapsed and um so you have like magic is is more or less around and uh monsters and you know different races and all this stuff and um yeah but still man i just cannot get into it i think i'm about halfway in and i was like i really wish it would just be over so I could go on to something else because I cannot stand just the way it's it's written, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I see here on Wikipedia it says uh, the, the original creators of Dungeons & Dragons were fans and incorporated many aspects of uh, Dying Earth into the game. The magic system, for sure. Yeah, Vancean. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, hey... I have to draw your attention to the uh, the Goodman Games page over there on the right side. There's uh, the graphic that's outlined in red. It says, Hugh the Barbarian says, keep your distance. <laughs> Social distancing saves lives. Standing six feet away prevents the spread of germs and the swing of swords. Ha! Nice. I like it. Yeah, because that guy's <laughs> coughing. And it's uh, also the one above that is Shana Donna Games Online. Do you practice social distancing? Take your game online. So, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, by them, I really want to get um, the... What the hell is she sitting on? <laughs> uh, it looks it looks like a bunch of water balloons. Or ham or something. <laughs> 
Her kneecaps are. I think it's supposed to be a cushion. Look, her. I knee, think her kneecaps have cat heads, <laughs> and they're wearing masks. So it's really weird. I don't know what's going on here. This is a, this is a strange reality we live in. Um, what I was saying was, I really want to get into their um, their science fiction game, uh, Mutant Crawl Classics, mm-hmm. which I guess is based off of what was Gamma World, is what I'm assuming. I always mm-hmm. thought that was neat. I think so. You know, that was before, uh, you know, Fallout and all that was cool. So, anyway. So, uh, the next thing we've got is... There's an article written by... Uh, and apparently, I found this out. If you guys are familiar with Medium.com... I've heard of it, yeah. I think I've read some stuff on there before. It's pretty much, apparently, anybody can, like, submit to do an article or, or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. But uh, this one's from uh, a guy, and it talks about him having to close his store, shutting down Mage Market, and uh, due to COVID. And it, it's really interesting because it talks about like the dollar amount. And I guess you know we talked you know to Mike Bob about just the problems he was having. But I would love to get somebody on that actually ended up closing their store to just talk about like what it is. I mean, you've got no foot traffic. Uh, maybe you want to switch to uh, online selling, and um, yeah. So but, is this place? Is this an FLGS? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's it's not mine, but it is somewhere. It's a. Yeah. It is okay. a. And yeah, it talks about like uh, part of um, part of the thing was like you know Magic the Gathering is a big driver, but all that stuff survives on these local uh, like Friday Night Magic and and stuff like that. Now, you know, that stuff just doesn't exist anymore. And he says, we do not believe the market will recover in the next 12 months, potentially never. I mean, yeah, that's a really, really big thing. It's magemarket.com is uh, his website. And uh, so, you know, you can take a look. And we'll have this linked in the share notes. And uh, he was trading magic cards. It was like the big thing. Now, I will say, like, eh, I've never heard of him. And there are two or three other bigger store, uh, online stores that do it. But, yeah, he's having to shut down his physical store for it. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I think about all those stores I visited in Dallas. You know, one of them was really big. The rest of them were, like, really small. I don't know what they're going to do, you know, with this. It's just, yeah, just a shitty thing. Hmm. And I guess we'll cover more of that as we keep doing episodes as to how the market is affected. So, there you go. And dadgummit, I should have had this above it, but yeah, Goodman Games. We're back over there. Uh, Cyclops Con is April 17th through the 19th, entirely online. And you'll have uh, different stuff from them. They want you to participate. You can hear, I'm sure they'll do panels and uh, discussions and all that stuff via Twitch is what I'm imagining, or another streaming service. So is there going to be gaming, or is it just going to be Twitch streams and stuff like that? Or in... My guess is they'll do um, they'll be doing demos like through Roll20 and stuff like that, which is what they okay. have their road crews doing. I, you know, I played that on the last game we did, <clears throat> the last show we did. So I figure it'll be something like that. So, 
Well, continuing to talk about uh, Impact, this is probably the biggest news I've heard with this whole thing, and that is Alliance halts payment to vendors. And Alliance is probably the biggest distributor for, I would say, games and just kind of nerdy stuff, you know, if you want, you know, busts and uh, figures and whatnot. Diamond is the big one for comic books. And, of course, they do other stuff as well. You can get board games and whatever from them. But Alliance is the one that's just kind of that. But it says, Gepi Family Enterprises, owner of Alliance Game Distributors, the largest wholesale hobby games distributor in the U.S., notified its vendors on March 31st that it will not pay those vendors as previously scheduled. And we'll have the whole letter in the, the show notes. So it's a whole lot of game companies that are out three months' worth of income, minimum. So, yeah, this is some crazy times we're living in. I mean, the entire, this once we come on the other side of this, if and when, uh, the entire game industry is going to be different. You know, there'll be different companies. You know, like I was talking before we did the show, you know, your favorite Mexican place closed. Well, probably another Mexican place will open up. It just won't be done by the same people. I guess, you know, it'll be that way in the games industry. There'll be a new distributor that's that's doing all this stuff, you know? And if your favorite game company closes, you know, IPs are valuable. Somebody will pick it up, you know? Somebody will continue to print whatever your card game or your board game or whatever it is. Man, I just feel... I feel the worst for indie guys, you know, more than anything. Especially ones that were trying to make it as, like, their only source of income. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of Magic the Gathering, man, I really should have organized these better. I thought this was fantastic. Apparently, in the latest version of Magic, uh, this whatever, this new set that's coming out, uh, Ikoria Lair of the Behemoths, they, as a joke, to be kind of cool or whatever, they did a card, which is a... It's a different version of another card. And anyway, the card is called Space Godzilla. And uh, Death Corona is the type of his attack. Because that's, you know, uh, I think that's actually what they call Godzilla's breath weapon. It's like a Corona something, or I don't oh, know. Oh, really? Yes. And... Um, so, uh, they had to do this whole announcement that this is coming out, so the initial printing is going to arrive on shelves soon, although I ask you, where? Where's it arriving? <laughs> you know, Miniature Market, I guess? You know, that's Miniature the thing. Market, no, their retail, their retail store is closed. Well, I mean, that's the thing, is it's going to arrive on the shelf, and then they'll ship it out to people. Right. Yeah, know? I mean, they're, they're still shipping from their warehouse, but their miniature store is closed, so this isn't going on any shelf. Yeah, so it's going on the shelf in a warehouse, and it yeah. will be shipped out to, you know, Richard's house, or, you know, wherever, whenever people buy it. So, yeah, this, it's really, it, it's a special version of the card Void Beckoner, and they just, it's a full art, just to kind of made to look like Godzilla. I mean, in any normal thing, this would be great, this would be funny, whatever. But uh, what's coming out in the box will have these things. And the fact that the reprints of it are going to remove this card, this 
bastard's going to be worth some money. Yeah. He's going to be <laughs> run on that shit for sure. He absolutely, which, I mean, makes me want to at least buy a box of this to try, oh, yeah. and, try and get it, get one of these. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of thing. You sleeve it. Or you you send it off to get graded, and then you toss it in your safety deposit box and forget you had it. I <laughs> firmly agree that believe that Magic the Gathering cards are better investments than any stocks, bonds, four hundred one ks, whatever, because they constantly go up. Lately, that's certainly true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no lie. Yeah, so this is going to be really really interesting. And see, what I don't know is like, is this a common card? Or what are my chances if I buy a box to get it? I guess I can ask someone. See, normally I would ask well, my, my local store, but, you know. So it's... Doesn't it... It will show the... Uh, the rarity on it, right? Well, usually they do, but it's it's like a foil thing, and I don't think we can actually see what color... Oh, it looks like... I see a U, so I think this yeah. is uncommon. Okay. So, I mean... They will... Well, of course, like, the Void Beckoner is uncommon, but this is an alternate art version. So, shit, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but yeah. Try to get this card. It may card. be somewhat common, then, in the, in the, in the packs, right? Yeah, but it's, it's only going to be that initial run. You know, that mm -hmm. first run. You know, they'll keep reprinting them and sending them to store. Well, they would, in normal conditions sending them to stores as long as this cycle was going on. So the question is, how will you be able to tell what printing of the of the card you have? I mean, of the pack that you have. Well, this one specifically, if you, and you'll see this in the show notes, um, the one on the left says Death Corona at the top. Well, right. Oh, what yeah. I'm saying, oh. So, like, if I go into a, in my FLGS and I pick up a pack of cards, how will I know that it's a first printing pack? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. If, I don't know if you can unless you get it like the day, the week, the two weeks that it first comes out. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be the only way to th to think that you had a uh, a uh, a first printing, I guess. Mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. Anyway, so <clears throat> moving on, and um, sorry, this is ah, oh, dadgummit, it got. The, it got deleted, it, but I read it before it was deleted. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's <laughs> oh. yeah. Essentially, the was it was it the intelligence or was it the the navy or whatever? It was anyway. It's two cadets or whatever as their like master's thesis decided to make a board game that would help for like I don't know central intelligence. It was it was supposed to model special operations forces. But, I mean, I don't know. I've said before, every war game is, a, is you know, abstract something and is a simulation of something. But, it you know, if, it, it was Catan. It was Settlers of Catan. Yes, it was Insurgent <laughs> you know, Uprising. You moved your guys around. You got points for, you know, they, like, they changed... They changed like towns to bases and roads or something like that. You got points like in Catan, you rolled 2d6 and you could move the insurgents around just like you move the robber around. It was Settlers of Catan. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I found it and I'll, I'll have it linked in the show notes. It, it's right there if you guys want to take a look at it. But yes, it's the, the Daga board. Everything looks like it. That's what everybody was saying was like, it's they reskinned Settlers yeah. of Catan. 
I mean, it wasn't like they did, you know, something. Okay. Yep. You know, like a coin game or something that was hard. They literally took like the, you know, a step up from Monopoly, and reskinned it to use this. They're like, hey Jim, should we should we just use Monopoly? No, no, that's too <laughs> obvious. Let's do Catan. Nobody plays Catan. Yeah. Nobody knows what that is. <laughs> but it's it's funny because you look at the picture at the top and the guys like leaning over a map and everything, and it looks like a war game. It's a grid, not a hex, but it looks like war game. But then you scroll down, you look at their actual game, and it's Catan. <laughs> So the next thing we had is Fantasy Flight announces Rise of the Red Skull expansion for Marvel Champions. So, you know, if you hate Nazis, if you hate Illinois Nazis, and that's the whole reason why I put this on here is because mm. they had that listed in the beginning of the article. But yeah, the Red Skull, great villain. And uh, yeah, it's coming to the card game. You guys ever played this or seen a demo of it? I have it. I've played it no. a, a few times. Um, haven't played it in a while, though. Mostly just because the main person I played with was my college-age daughter, and she was off at college. But we'll probably play this again now that she's home. It's a good game. It's not amazing, but it's good. It's a good, you know, LCG. The um, the artwork looks very much like Hugo Weaving. Ah, you know, uh, I, there may be some contractual stuff going on there. You never know. Uh-huh. So, yeah, uh, that's interesting. I never thought of that because not all of the artwork in that game comes straight from the movies. Hmm. In fact, I would say a lot of it, you know, I mean, you can tell it's the comic book characters, so there's obviously a similarity, but it doesn't look like they're doing, you know, Chris Holmesworth or, uh, you know, whoever. There was a rousing debate on Twitter this morning over um... – who gave better speeches, Optimus Prime or Captain America? <laughs> it was Optimus Prime by far, but the responses were hysterical. Anyway. Uh, the next thing we have, and I tossed this on here hoping maybe you guys knew a little bit more about this. Cool Mini or Not is announced a Kickstarter launch date for Ankh, Gods of Egypt. This is supposed to be related to a couple of their other games they did. Like, um... Probably, yeah, what's the the Norse one and Rising Sun, maybe? Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's related to that, and I was just okay. trying to figure out, like, well, what does that mean? Like, what kind of game is that? So, let me try to remember the name. I can't remember the name of the Norse one. Um, Blood Rage, maybe? Yeah. Is that what it's called? It. Yeah. So, I've played both Blood Rage and Rising Sun, and... You can tell that they're – it might be too much to call them system games, but they're very similar and, you know, rethemed. I like Rising Sun better because it does add some things to it. Um, so my guess is this is just kind of the – if you want to call them system games, this is the third game in that system. So, I mean, if you like CBON games, you're probably going to like this game. You know what you're getting going into it. You're going to get some amazing miniatures. You're going to get some – Fun, but not super deep gameplay. <laughs> Fun, but not super deep. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's not, it's, they're not, they're not heavy strategy games or anything. They're, they're miniatures game with a map that you move the, the minis around and you, you know, you, you kick your friends and have fun and it takes an hour or two to play and then you're done. I don't think they have a whole lot of replay value. They're not, like I said, they're they're not for me. They're not great, but they are they're fun to play. I wouldn't object to playing one, but I wouldn't buy it either. 
Hmm. Yeah, Blood Rage. Yeah, that was the other. Because I was trying to think if it was like hate, you know, because that, that was a whole thing. But... <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I forget that they do the Grizzled. And, um, yeah. I want to say, didn't the, that. The World War One game? Yeah, they, yeah. Do, they do that. And, uh, um, all right. Didn't that get made into a video game as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, do, I do remember that. I think that's one of the, you know, one of the million ones that I have just sitting <laughs> on my to-do list, you know, that I, although I'm actually getting through, you know, nowadays in, in the middle of this pandemic when I'm not working on stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. So uh, I had some show goals, you know, for kind of what I wanted to do maybe during this pandemic i more or less been thinking on it and you guys reminded me that like you know we should have something to do something to show for this pandemic uh one of the things i want to do and again you'll recognize all this it's every crazy idea i've ever had on the show (laughs) i i want to do a reskinning of brave little belgium into um the brave little toaster (laughs) <laughs> yes like do the rules and everything maybe i'll draw the art myself so it'll be like crappy because i can't draw and uh yeah toss it up like on um uh drive through rpg or whatever or you know, whatever they're the war game version of for like 99 cents of course after i get the author's permission which i don't think would be a problem but maybe it would be i don't know Speaking of which, Ryan's trying to get to 1,500 followers, and once he does, he's going to give something away. So go follow go follow Ryan Heilman on Twitter. Yeah, I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. I think I retweeted that the other day when he said something about it. Um, the interviews, yeah. Um, I we could definitely we've got to get is it Sue? Sure, Cheryl, Cheryl, Let's let's get her on there. You had what? What is a podcast? I don't know. Oh hell, she'll never talk to us. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. I hope. I hope you get it. Uh, I'll do the. I'll do the crappy Kickstarter. I'm doing. Um, working on a YouTube show. Um, I'm working on that. Um, I would love to do. I talked to. Um, what's his name from uh, History on Tabletop? Since he was interested in Ad Astra games. Uh, maybe because uh, he's working from home, trying to get together, and we could try to figure that out because they have like tutors and stuff online. The whole thing's online, so you can do it. And yeah, uh, maybe doing that. Um, I thought about with Richard trying to, and this would be great if we like stream this out to YouTube or Twitch. Try to learn uh, what is it? OCS? Is that what I just got? Yes. 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 That's what you're holding. That belongs to me. Yeah. You could show me that, show me that on uh, on Vassal. You know, we could stream that out. It might be fun. Yeah. Um, we we've talked several times about doing an actual play podcast. You know, where we do something, some kind of game, and do it as a uh, thing, and maybe try to do it for a Patreon thing or whatever. And yeah, something like that might be neat. But I don't know. Anything else you guys think you can think of as a, as a show goal? Oh, I'm going to definitely, probably this week, do another 40K show and maybe another um, Kings of War show since I actually got in rule books and whatnot. So, what else should I we wouldn't, do? I wouldn't mind writing a sketch. 
<laughs> we can do. Um, yes, I, I, you have my attention. Okay. I would absolutely, yes, do that. For All sure. Right. So, that's, I, I want to do some more kind of, and I know we're, we're mostly about, you know, games, but I, I like to do the comedy stuff too. Me too. All right. What, what do you think, Richard? Anything I don't, come to I mind? Don't, I'm not much of an actor. <laughs> okay. Well, was there anything like show-wise that you might be interested in that you'd want to do? Mm. Anything? Anybody we need to interview? Anybody we need to interview? We want to interview that we could chase down that would be happy to talk to us. Um, I don't know, but I'll think about that. Okay. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. I want to talk to her. <laughs> sure. We'll do, like, a goop thing. <laughs> I'll tell you who I want to talk to is that idiot that ate the bat. <laughs> what? Somebody ate Ozzie? the bat? Ozzy Osbourne? Oh, no, the guy that Shit, started this whole Ozzie virus Osbourne. thing. Oh. Didn't it start by some guy in China eating a bat? I don't know. It's, you know, it just <laughs> seems like those damn things are not, you know, not real or whatever. And, yeah, I don't Chinese know. Chinese people aren't real? <laughs> or bats aren't? Okay, gotcha. Bats sorry. are not real. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of misinformation well, going around. Bats are well, neither, neither is Finland. <laughs> Finland isn't real. No, Wyoming no. is not real. There was there was that thing. That's a fantastic subreddit. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, golly, yeah. So it's another show. I hope you guys like it. We're slowly going stir crazy, you know, in here and yeah. So there you go. All right. So uh, I guess that's the end of the show. Yeah. That's the end of the show. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Uh-huh. Good night, everybody. Good night. We're going to give you up. <laughs>